0: Of
1: appointed elders who could help him with teaching uh, and and, and deacons to support the work of the ministry. And so in first Timothy that we just read uh, not long ago, it says uh, in in verse 12, um, the second portion of the scripture, it says, Be thou an example. If you're a believer, are you being an example?
0: Are you an example as a believer?
1: An example that when they see you, they say, Wow, I want to be like that one day. Mm -hmm. So he says, Be an example of the believers. How? In the words you speak, in the conversations, in love, in spirit, in faith, in purity. Let's look at how we can be an example in the words we speak. Our words create impressions. That either facilitate or complicate all other communications. You have to choose your words wisely as a Christian. Here is what I've always tried to practice. I try my best not to say stuff that hurt as a Christian. Because. But when you say hurtful things. It seems like people can never get rid of it. So I guard myself with that. Like, I try my best not to say hurtful things. I'd rather just not open my mouth. I'd rather just not speak. I'd rather just walk away before I say hurtful things. Because what you don't realize is when you speak hurtful words, it doesn't really go anywhere. And even when, you know, you might have come back and, and and said, I didn't mean it that way. Okay. They might receive that apology. But here is the problem. They're on guard now. And so the least little words you say after that, that may not be as deadly as the one you said before, it's going to hurt again. Because their mindset is what you did before. So as Christians, you need to try your best not to say hurtful words. Somebody hurt you, figure out a way how to speak words back to them that will communicate what you need to communicate without hurting them back. And if they hurt you, that don't mean you hurt them back we have to know what kind of words we need to speak. And even if they want to accuse you, those of you that are striving hard to do the right thing, let them let let them give you a hard time and say, you're too spiritual for me. Because when you start speaking spiritual words, you're not cursing. You're not saying anything derogatory. Huh. You're not speaking down to them. What you're trying to do is keep yourself holy and righteous by speaking the word God. So speak godly words. Timothy was to speak using godly words while avoiding useless or argumentative or provoking words. Do you stop and think about some of the words that you say sometimes? because some of your words is provoking. I got a little thing that I do. Shouldn't be telling my secrets while Sister Wyatt is here. But I got But I got some of the You know what I do a lot? When people say things, I just say, mm-hmm. It might warrant some kind of crazy response. Mm-hmm. Because that's my way of not saying crazy things back.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: (laughs) Trying to help somebody here tonight. We don't want to say provoking words to other people. Because if we care about their salvation, then we got to care about uh, making sure we're saying the right words so they don't have to fly off the handle either. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. In conversation our manner of speaking which includes our conduct do you know that they say you say more nonverbally than you do verbally uh huh so sometimes people don't really realize that they think well i'm just not going to respond i'm not going to say anything back to them yeah but your body language is telling a whole lot uh huh and so we need to be careful how we communicate, what kind of conversation we're talking about, what kind of conversations are we having. Mm-hmm. Then we need to uh, make sure we are trying to do our best in our life. The Bible says spirit, but spirit is talking about the life. Our lifestyle, as well as our specific behaviors, must be consistent with the gospel. I'm going somewhere. We might not be able to finish this tonight, but it's all right. Wherever we stop, we stop. Timothy was to conduct himself as a representative of Jesus Christ, even in the details of daily living. And so we need to do a better job in conducting ourselves in our daily living. I can't tell you how presentation, how you look, what they says, first impressions, they talk about that. You know about first impressions? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I believe in that one strongly, and maybe because I'm a people watcher, I'm always worried about first impressions. Very seldom you catch me walking out of my house looking any kind of way because I'm always thinking first impressions I don't know who I might see that day Here's here's a good one I don't know if something could happen to my car and now I'm stuck on the side of the road You know these days we doing zoom meetings in our underwears and a nice top on And so we might think that we can run outside just the same way cuz we in the car but I'm telling you something happened somebody into the back of your car and the cops got to come and you got to step out and you in whatever you in brother d laughing under his mask the mask the mask is being unfair now i can't get to see some of your responses. <laughs> and daryl over there cracking up under his mask but i just caught him you know the eyes get smaller when you start laughing hard that's all of us usually but you gotta be careful you can't just leave any kind of because you don't know what the first impression is who you will meet that day and that's the first time you're meeting them then what oh i just now you're trying to to justify what you look like oh i didn't okay whatever your hair all okay go ahead and explain it they already saw it so you can explain whatever you want but they already saw and remember who we are children of god and so it's not because we're trying to be something we are something it's not because we're, we're you know, uh, uh, we're, we're trying to show off or anything. No, no, we're children of God, and we're representing God. And when we have a first impression, we want to make sure you realize you came in contact with a child of God. Okay. All right. God. Only some of us, you know, some of us is overlooking that one. Yeah. Unfortunately, listen to this, listen to this. Unfortunately, when actions loudly contradict words, the truth can hardly be heard. So you just you just can look any way you want and then say God and see what happens. Let's see what wins over that. You ever you want to try that? I'm I'm not trying it, but you just look any way you want and keep going around telling people about God and see how far it goes. Now, not want to hear that because they're going to look you up and down like, well, the God you serve. You don't look like you got it going on and you can say that's unfair all you want. But the bottom line, we went through this. we taught all about that. But the bottom line is uh, that's just how people are. And when you're trying to reach people, you do what it takes to reach people. And maybe that's just the, the, the problem anyway. And we'll get to th- that eventually. Maybe the problem is we don't care about nobody but ourselves. Maybe that's the issue. And so the way how you look, the things you say, how you operate, you, you're like, whatever. I'm living for God. I'm not worried about anybody else. I'm telling you, I can't tell you, I cannot tell you how much that kind of thinking is going to get you in a lot of trouble. I don't know if you get to heaven with that kind of thinking. I'm just saying, I don't know if you get to heaven with the kind of thinking that you're not worried about what they think about you. You're not worried about what they say because because they don't even know what they're talking about anyway. I get all that. But what are you showing and what are you saying? Let them say it and it's not right. But don't let them say it and it's right. Let them say it and and be wrong. The Bible calls calls the devil the accuser of the brethren. So if they're not in Christ, they're supposed to accuse us. I'm okay with that. But the question is, are they saying something that's truthful and legit? Or they're saying something that's not truthful and not legit and so your father in heaven is like whatever. Don't let them think. Don't let them don't don't, don't let them say things that are true. Love. Anybody know the definition of love? Write it down. Cuz I say it all the time but it might go over your head. But I'm going to say it again tonight because it's just something that you all need to you need to know this definition to rattle it off. Love doing whatever is necessary to benefit the person you love. That's love. Doing whatever is necessary to benefit the one you love. Whatever is necessary. Whatever is necessary. No lines drawn. No, this is the furthest I'll go. None of that. None of that. Because God so loved the world that he became man, came into this world, went through the whole birth of coming into this world, being raised as a child, being treated bad, and the world he created, the people he created... What what limitations? What did he say? Well, I'm just not letting them do this. Where did where did God draw the line in showing his love to us? I would love to know that. So why are we drawing lines and then say, but I love them, though? You don't love them. Not the way Jesus said to love. So you got some work to do. We got some work to do because he never drew no lines. He did whatever was necessary to benefit us that he loves. He became man. God is a spirit, so you can't see spirit. Spirit don't have flesh and blood, but it was going to take a a person with flesh and blood to die for all of mankind. He became what he had to become to do what had to be done to show his love to us. So when you hear that word love, don't come up with all this crazy stuff that you've heard in the past. Love is to do whatever is necessary to benefit the person you love. I didn't say do what they want. Well, don't mess it up. I said to benefit them, which means you're going to be doing something that they don't like, but it benefits them. <laughs> I'm sure your kids can testify about that. I don't think that was love when you beat me. I don't think that was love when you put me on punishment. But you know it was love. That's why I say love is to do whatever necessary. Okay? To benefit those who you love. Faith, knowing who Jesus is, that he is almighty God and man. I say that all the time. That might be one that go over your head as well. That faith is not just believing. Faith is not just trusting. Faith is knowing who God is. That's not everybody's definition of faith. I get get it. I'm not bragging. I'm not trying to make anybody look less than I am telling you what true faith is, because when you get faith that way, just watch this. You can use the traditional definition of faith and I can bring up some things to make you say, well, hold on there. It might not all fit together. But when I give you the definition that faith is to know who the who Jesus is, that he's God and man at the same time, when you know that you have faith. And if you take that definition that I'm giving you and you measure it with anything else, you'll see this definition stand strong every time. Because if you know who Jesus is, then you know what he can do, what he's capable of doing. You don't have to believe real strong, you know, real good. So when you know, almighty God became a man. What can't he do? When you know, almighty God, when he became the man and he died in the flesh and blood, but he rose himself from the grave and then he ascended back and sat on his throne. When you know he did that, what can't he do? But the faith that you were taught a long time ago says that you got to believe some stuff that you don't even understand. That's fine. But whatever I believe, I know. You can believe what you want to believe. I believe what I know. And what I know is who Jesus is. And because I know who he is, then I can believe what he can do. Uh Uh-huh. All right. Remember, we're talking about being faithful, but there are some key things that Timothy was was taught by Paul that he needs to do in order to be faithful, to stay faithful. Okay, and so we're going through those things. Purity. That's the next thing that he told him. You got to be pure, Timothy. If you want to be faithful, you got to be pure. Do not defile yourself. Do not contaminate yourself. And so, if we're going to be pure, it means that there are some things in this life that can contaminate you. And in order to stay pure, you gotta refrain from getting involved with those things. So you don't get contaminated. Uh huh. In other words, the purity that he's talking about, talking about being holy. Mm Mm-hmm. Paul ended this list with a rarely used term for virtue and chastity. As used here, the word implies integrity, consistency. It reinforces the entire list of all the things we have been going through. Paul even had the idea that that purity means transparency in mind the above qualities were to be developed not just for public display but as the uniform texture of timothy's life the things i just mentioned to you that paul mentioned to timothy is to help you in your walk with christ yes to display before men so they will know who christ is and who you are in christ but it's also for you To have the right relationship with Christ. Paul's advice to Timothy offers insight to believers today about the importance of standing and the doctrines of the church as well as preserving in trials and challenges. A person's station or situation in life is never an excuse to be an unfaithful servant or witness or to shy away from the call of God to ministry. So whatever is going on in your life, whatever your situation should never be an excuse that you're not being a witness, that you're not serving God, or you're not answering the call that God has placed on your life because God has called all of us. Paul personally trained Timothy. He knew the younger man was called and ready because he knew him. Paul was also aware of Timothy's insecurities. Paul had absolute confidence Timothy was a person of sincere faith. But he wrote to remind the younger man that God had called him, that he himself had prayed for him, when he received the holy ghost Paul had prayed for him the spirit had uh received that he received was not one of fear but of power and love and of a sound mind these are the the, the things that we read in Timothy in other words Timothy's here Paul was saying Timothy here is the baton take it and go when you are mentoring or being an example to someone Focus on what you know that they're great at. And when the time come for you to say, don't worry about that right now. We're working on that. That's what you do. But don't go and beat them in the head about what they're not good at. Remember I told you that, that what I try to do as a Christian person is always look for the good in everyone. Look at everyone in a state of potential what they potentially can be not worried about what's wrong because there's something wrong with all of us so when i see folks i don't see them from what's wrong i see them for what can be i would like for you all to think about that and operate that way when you see folks you see them for what can be Uh uh-huh timothy was young and perhaps timid in dealing with people, but Paul advised his son in the faith not to allow others to think less of his calling because of his youth. Remember Paul's words that we have not been given a spirit of fear, that we should not be timid with the faith God has given us. We have power and, and, and love and of a sound mind. All of those things are operating in us. For when God impart his spirit to us, those are the things that are happening within us. It is important to keep a balance of humility and boldness, not undervaluing the call of God in our lives, nor undermining it by our conduct. Uh Jesus said, apart from me, you can do nothing. And with God, all things are possible. Paul said that on his own, he was unable to do good. But with Christ, he could do all things. So there's a fine line in being bold and humble and not getting outside of yourself. Mm-hmm. The key to keeping a balance between humility and boldness is, is knowing that when you are filled with the spirit of God, you are empowered by God. One key to successfully navigating this balancing act is to be apart and not apart. So as we're living for Christ, we're supposed to be a part of Christ and not apart from him. Not separate from him. Not separated from him. But be a part of him. Being together with him. When our confidence is in the Lord. Not in our abilities. We can operate with God. Humility empowered. And boldness will follow. When we realize our confidence is in him. When we are. Christ-sufficient and not self-sufficient, we will be like a fruitful vine, productive and content. I'm glad I'm not gifted. I'm not a gifted preacher. (laughs) I'm glad I'm not a gifted this and a gifted that. You might have different thoughts. But what I know is I only can be and do as God work in my life. I will not lie to you. In our CSDI class, I don't remember who talked about God's anointed. That resonated so much with me. Because what he was really saying is, when God chooses one as his anointed servant, he anoints us to do his will. And while we're not anointed in that in, in that office to do what we need to do, we're just regular old zero, nothing can do nothing, and so people will look at that and like, who oh, so are you? And 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 just like no big deal, but when God and 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 I can see it, I can tell it, it's 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 scary the way how this work. So when Thursdays come. When Sundays come, when any time come that I'm going to minister, I can tell something has changed in me. It's crazy. I'm like, oh Lord, what is this? So anytime you're getting ready to do something for God, because you are His anointed servant, and it ain't just me, it's supposed to be all of His anointed servant, because you're His anointed servant, all of a sudden now, there's something begins to happen in you that you're going to do something that you ordinarily could not do effectively In your own flesh. It's amazing. It's amazing. I can be a, just be lost and out of it. And for some reason when Thursday morning come, I'm raised a shark. It's like every, I become aware of everything. It's like, I'm just like, you you can't get anything past me on a Thursday. I'm like, what is this? I'm serious. It's incredible, but it's God's anointing. And when God anoints you to do what he wants you to do, what he wants you to do, it's just something different. So if you will begin to serve God and do what God wants you to do, you too will experience this because you'll know. All right, I'm I'm doing this in my own because I can tell because I realize that it's only when God is working in me. Can I be effective like this? And if God is not working in me, I cannot be as effective. Paul's advice, I'm finishing up here, Paul's advice to Timothy applies to every New Testament believer today. For every Christian is called to be an ambassador and minister of reconciliation. This includes each individual member of the church without exception. Not every believer is a pastor or teacher from the pulpit. But our conduct makes known to others what we truly believe. The way we pattern our days and our behaviors reveal our faith in God. Can somebody look at you and say, that's a godly person? Do they look at you and say, that's a godly person? Or they just say, oh, he don't curse or she don't curse. It's one thing for them to say, but but there are people out there that don't drink, don't smoke, don't curse. Believe me. There are people that are not Christians, that they don't drink, they don't curse, they don't smoke. They're not doing a whole lot of crazy things, but they're not godly. So my question is, does someone look at you, look at your life and say, now that person, you know they're godly. Hmm. The way we pattern our days and our behavior reveal our faith in God. We teach others with our words, our conversation, our life love faith and purity that we may be faithful examples as paul taught timothy we must provide a faithful pattern for people to know who our god is we'll get into this some more next week and talk about how uh we can help people know who christ is and how we can effectively touch other people's lives in being that example because Sometimes I I will say this. I believe and this is part of my lesson here that that I'm teaching and we'll uh, pick up back next week. I believe. And this drive me a little bit crazy. I believe many of us Christians, how we speak the words we use, the examples we are just is unproductive to our world that we're trying to show Jesus to. I really do, and I'll I'll say it in this positive sense. I'm gonna say it in this positive sense. Are you enjoying your walk in Christ to the point where you just you, you you just present as excited, happy, joyous? And when people see you, they're like, "What is wrong with you?" When people see you, they're like, eh, "You're just oh my goodness." When people see you, they're just like. I just know you're blessed. Are you living like that? So let, I'm not even gonna go to real bad negative. I'm saying are you living like that where people just know, my goodness, I wanna know what you're doing. I wanna know what you're doing. And that includes all that God has blessed you with and, and, and how you just, you know, you project life that someone could look at your life and says, Your life, you, you've got it going on. And that's what God wants from us. People need to look it up. It could be simple and we're not doing all that. Stuff, but people can look in your life. If you live this thing, God, the way God wants. And say. I want to go get into the church because ever since you got into the church, something been different. I got a friend. One of my good friend that I grew up with, um, um, Stacy Heading. I don't see him much. We don't talk much these days. But he always say, "Man, every time I talk to you or I see you on Facebook, you're doing something for Jesus."
0: <laughs>
1: so he says, "Every
0: time or I see a picture of you on Facebook."
1: That made me. And while I'm not hanging with them every day and while I'm not doing what they're doing, uh, I'm glad that every time they hear something or they see something, it's representing Jesus. It's representing the kingdom of God. That's what we're supposed to strive for that they see it. Because here is the deal. As God bless you and God do things in your life, you want to present so people see you and says, wow, life is good for you, huh? Because what's happening is people in the world that are not Christians, they're looking at some of our lives and said, no, I'm good. No sense in living for God because look at your life. But we want to live that life that they look at our life and says, man, you just seem happier than me.
0: you always
1: we need people to see that and if people will see that I believe we will reach more people but if we just make it seem like we're climbing a hill and boy it's just a struggle oh man I, I hope I make it one day and all of this stuff. Why would people want to live for God? Because you're promising them heaven. Because what they're doing is telling themselves. It can't be no heaven. Because why would God allow us to live like that? That's what they're telling themselves. Because they got to tell themselves something. To keep staying the way they are. And live the way they are. So in their mind. Eh, you can tell me about heaven all you want. God's not going to have you live in that kind of way. Just to get to heaven. But if we will live that life. With hangovers and all that I used to wake up with hangovers, uh-huh, I used to wake up with hangovers, and man, it feels good to wake up without hangovers. I'm telling you, it feels so good. let's stand. It feels so good to wake up and just always be in your right mind. I love everything about living for God. There is not one regret i don 't I am not lying to you i don 't have a regret living for God, not one, not one, not one, not one i 've lived in a, a a sinful life, and God saved me and delivered me and i don 't regret it as a matter of fact any time i I feel like i 've slipped and making anything wrong, it just bothers me, it bothers me, so I know. I thank God for just bringing me into the kingdom because that life is so great and so wonderful that I'm telling you, there's nothing better than living for God, having a relationship with God. There's nothing better than good to you. You got to communicate that in every way that good and you're not communicating it because I know I was and people still do it today when they live that lifestyle of worldliness, they know how to connect each other with, you know, I see people, I'll be honest, I see people backslid and guess what? Somehow they know the bar or the club that they're meeting up. Same place. Everybody getting dressed. You heard me. That's when I I start breaking up the English language. Everybody, everybody getting dressed because they're meeting at the bar, they're meeting at the club. for jesus sam that life is no good listen to me i know that life being out in the world doing all kind of wrong things cursing and smoking and drinking and 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 and, and fooling around with girls all it do is just add problems to your life all all we do really our life is is, is, is just bring problems into our life and then ask God to get rid of them. That, that's kind of what a lot of people do. Just, just live their life bringing a whole lot of problems, heaping up problems in their life, and then when it gets too bad, God, I need your help. Wouldn't it have been just easier just not to bring them in your life? What, what, what the elders say? Prevent is better than cure. Isn't that what they always said? I mean, I know I heard that when I was a little prevented. Better to prevent a thing than to let it happen and then trying to figure out how to cure it. You can't cure it anyway. And, and when you, when you need God to cure, God cured on His time. <laughs> and so you dying. God help me. And He's like, mm-hmm. Let you, let you worry about that a little bit more. Not jumping on it like you want me to jump on it. Be faithful, church. Be faithful. Be faithful to your
0: faithful
1: to your God next week about how we can be faithful to God let's pray father in the name of Jesus Christ we are so thankful for your faithfulness towards us and oh God, we want you to help us, Lord God, to see things the way we are supposed to see them, Lord God. For Lord, if we are to make heaven our home, I know that we must be faithful. If we are to, oh God, live this life that will impact our world, where our, our, our life will say something to our world, Lord God, about you, who you are and whose we are. We're going to need to be faithful. So I pray tonight, Lord God, that you will do a work in us, opening our eyes
0: to see and allow.
1: Demonstrate a life that brings honor and glory to the name of the Lord Jesus. Lord, I want to be faithful. Will somebody tell him, communicate to him tonight that they want to be faithful? If you truly want to be faithful to Jesus, why don't you say it?
0: Lord God that I may be doing things for the wrong reasons I want to do what I'm supposed to do because I want you oh God to be Pray that you
1: And the glory of the Lord, I pray tonight, Lord, that faith, oh God, will quicken us and the power of God will be revealed in us. I pray, Lord, that your kingdom come and that, Lord Jesus, we will walk in true, oh God, faithfulness. Have your way
0: tonight, Lord God.
1: God, now oh God, will you help us to make that word become our lives? And we will, oh God, lead that life, oh God, that you've called us to, Lord God. Help us tonight, my God, and we will be mentors, and we will be examples, and we, Almighty God, will be teachers, Almighty God, and we will champion others, Lord God, and that we will submit ourselves and ask. Somebody to mentor us, and ask somebody to help us be accountable, and ask somebody to teach us. Oh, tonight
0: will be done in our lives, and that we will be a God on earth. We love you, Jesus. We thank you tonight for your word. Of Jesus. In the name of Jesus.
1: Somebody say in the name of Jesus. Clap your hands unto the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. God bless you. Have a blessed evening. Thank you. Hallelujah.
2: The altar where I run to rest, where I wait. all time, cause Jesus, my Savior, here at the table, where children are fed, we are filled with the mercy.